What is up, podcast listeners? Thank you for giving me a few moments of your day to listen to this podcast. This is the Matt Baxter Show. I'm your host, Matt Baxter, and this podcast is about purpose, passion, and calling. Super stoked to have you as a listener because we're going to dive into some awesome, intense stories about people who are going through this journey of this thing called life, and we're all just figuring this out together. But seriously, you're giving me a little bit of your time, and I want to make sure it's valuable and worthwhile. So have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was getting this podcast off the ground, we first started as the Wedgecast, evolved into the Matt Baxter Show. There was a lot of questions that we had, like, how do I record an episode? How do I get my show in all the different places like Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Zencaster, all these different places. And yet it just seemed very, very complicated. But the simple thing for us as we began to navigate the waters is the answer to every single one of these questions, questions excuse me, was really simple. It's Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free. Yeah, free. And it's ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise in your podcast. That means you can get paid podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, making money. Okay, it's sweet. It's easy. It's not a big cheap plug on an ad, but it's just simple and easy to use. So for us, it's one of the best parts about it is we can do it entirely remote or in studio. So you can record, you've got that really, really high, you know, high in the sky person that you're going to have as a guest on your podcast. You got to do it remote. Anchor is easy to use. You got people who are willing to come to your studio, your house, your office, wherever you're recording it. Boom. Anchor. Love it. Simple, easy, simple and easy to use. So if you ever want to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Join me in the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. Can't wait to hear your podcast. Wedgecast listeners, thank you for tuning in to this episode. This episode is uh, it's a big deal. I am sitting with Douglas Conant, who's an even bigger deal, and he is the former CEO of Campbell's Soup Company. He is the founder and CEO of Conant Leadership. He's a top thought leader. He's a top leadership coach. He's a top leadership executive. He is a author, and not to mention he is an absolute amazing speaker, and quite frankly, he's an even better guy. I have had the chance and the pleasure to, uh, once a quarter, or even more frequent than that sometimes, get the chance to hop on a call with him, grab coffee with him, and just learn from this man. Every time I just try to shut up and just soak in everything that he has to say, he's phenomenal and he's very down to earth. So, so excited to have him on the show. I want to make a quick note. The audio quality of this episode was a little bit echoey. We had a pretty interesting uh, recording, so the um, there's a little echoey in the back, so I just want to make a quick note of that before you listen. But the content's amazing. The guy is even better, and I am just so, so excited and thankful for this episode of the Wedgecast. Enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Wedgecast. I am sitting here with the Douglas Conant. He has become an amazing friend and mentor through the process, and any chance I get the time to spend any time with him, I am just totally blown away uh, by the man that he is and the leader that he is. Um, he has been uh, a best-selling author. He's been the CEO and president of a couple uh, small, maybe well-known companies throughout the country, um, and also he is a guy who oversees uh, Doug Conant Leadership and Leadership Consulting as well, too. So, I can't articulate how thrilled I am to have him on the show. So, Doug, with a little bit of background, I'd love if you would uh, kind of catch us up to speed on some of the work that you've done. Well, uh, 
I had 40 years in consumer packaged goods experience after I got my MBA at, at the Kellogg School at Northwestern. I spent uh, a decade working for General Mills in both Minneapolis and Boston. I then went to work at Kraft where I ran, among other things, the corporate strategy group at Kraft uh, for seven or eight years. And then I was recruited into Nabisco right after Barbarians at the Gate. Uh, by KKR, and I worked there for a decade, rising the last five years to being president of the, of the Nabisco Foods Company, and then I was recruited into uh, Campbell Soup to help engineer that turnaround. I was president, CEO, and director there for over 10 years, Man. and then I wrapped up my career at Avon, uh, where I was the chairman, uh, the chairman of Avon Products for three years while we did some real heavy lifting and had it totally changed that portfolio so that it could survive. So I spent about 40 years in consumer packaged goods. At this point, I'm focusing on paying it forward and helping to uh, develop leaders of tomorrow. Uh, I have a unique perspective. I'm the only former Fortune 500 executive who's uh, who's uh, a New York Times bestselling author on the subject of leadership. Yeah top 50 leadership innovator, a top 100 leadership speaker, and one of the 100 most influential authors in the world. So you put all that together with my very feet on the ground practical business experience, and I'm well equipped to have conversations. People may not agree with me, but I'm well anchored in what I think. Well, you're the man to talk to when it comes to leadership topics. So I, I thank you so much for uh, for being on the show. And so, if if you're willing, let's let's just dive right into leadership. So, our business we're talking about purpose and hiring, hiring the right people. So, for you as a leader, how have you basically what are what are some core principles when you're hiring, when you're when you're yeah specifically hiring people? What do you look for? What do you look for in people, no matter what scale of you know role they're you're looking to hire them for? Well, let me frame this up a little bit. Uh, you know, I think leadership is all about the people. Ultimately, as a leader, uh, your effectiveness is, is determined by the nature of the people that are working for and with you. And if they're high-contributing individuals, you succeed. If they're not, you fail. Uh, there's, there's not a lot of room in there. Uh, in that sense, this is very much leadership. is a very much grow-or-die thing. It's very Darwinian. Now, I suggest people choose growth. It beats the alternative. The, uh, but when I think about it, it's all about the people. And when I think about people in an organization, I think about attracting, developing, retaining, and leveraging talent. Uh, it starts with attracting, uh, but it goes beyond that. In terms of the people I look for, the nature of the people I look to work with, I recruit on three things at a very high level. I recruit on competence, character, and chemistry. Uh, if I talk about competence, I actually have three perspectives on this. They're all in one of If you go to Conant Leadership, my, uh, my website, ConantLeadership.com, you'll get all this there. But uh, in terms of competence, I think of IQ, EQ, and FQ. The IQ is, do you have the intelligence and the capacity to process information? If I think about EQ, it's, do you have the emotional competence to connect with others? And FQ is subject matter expertise in the area that you're looking to apply yourself in. 
or if you're a company, and do the candidates have the ability to contribute in that specific area at a high level? So that's what I think of in terms of competence. Character is has been evidenced throughout their lives, and as a as a corporate executive, I'm interested in examples of where they've demonstrated high character. When I talk about character, it basically uh, boils down to you do boils down to do you do what you say you're going to do, and if you do, great. If you if you don't if you don't consistently do that, that's going to be an issue. Sure. So I have competent character. And then the other piece is chemistry. How do you play with others? And how do you get the best out of people around you? It touches on IQ and EQ and FQ, but it's the chemistry piece is mission critical because it's not about you. It's about how, you're, how effective you are with others. I developed that philosophy, and then I saw a book years ago that was basically the same thing. It's the Army Field, the U.S. Army Field Manual. They've been studying leadership longer than anyone else in this country, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and they, their field manual is basically is the shorthand for it. Is the title of the book is "Be No Do," and and it's the same concept: be a person of good character, know what you're doing, be competent, and do it well with others. Uh, so, at, at from thirty thousand feet, those are the three key things in whatever you're recruiting for. Competence, character, and chemistry. So, on that note, when you think about people who you want to have work for you and work with you, and people who you want to have develop, how do those two things blend together? So, uh, so we're starting to get into the stages of hiring people, and I care about people, and you care about people, and I pretend to be an optimist at times, and I want to develop people, and I want to, you know, I see potential. So how do you balance the idea of sort of somebody's potential versus actually the effort that's put in and finding that potential, and how do you blend that as well? Well, uh, I guess the point I would make here is if you want a high-performance team and you're looking for an extraordinary level of commitment to whatever you're doing, as a leader, I think you have to – do more than just pretend to be optimistic about them. I think you, you, you've got to make an extraordinary commitment to their development. I have found the more I lean into the notion of helping people develop, the more they lean into the agenda of the company. Hmm. So the first thing I would say to any prospective employer is, is you better have a clear-eyed view on how you're going to help people grow and develop. Uh, if you don't, you're going to be at risk of not getting and retaining the most attractive candidates. So the first thing I would do is is be prepared to make an extraordinary commitment to the individual and trust that as you do that, they'll make an extraordinary commitment to your agenda. The second thing I would do is around the, the sense of purpose. Uh, the company needs to have that sense of purpose first, and you need to be able to express it clearly. When you express it clearly, then you invite these people to be part of that purpose, and you probe them as you as you explore their candidacy. You probe them to see if that's something that they want to attach to and why. So that the notion of first thing is make an extraordinary commitment to them and say, as I do that, I'm going to trust that you're going to make an extraordinary commitment to our enterprise. And this is the kind of way I'd like to see that 
commitment be brought to life in, in de delivering our purpose. And can you sign up for that? And I would have very direct conversations around commitment and purpose. And I think the company has to lead that conversation. I think you have to say, I'm prepared to make a, a commitment to you. Are you prepared to sign up for it? And, uh, and I think that's the way I would approach both the screening and, and the sense of purpose. Can I, so a, a note on that question, so flip that. So if you're a job seeker stepping into that environment, how do you maybe, maybe vet for that's not the right way I want to ask that, but more question on that is, you know, advice for job seekers stepping into companies like that. And what advice would you have for people on the other side of that coin stepping in front of leaders or maybe stepping in front of not great leaders? How do you as an employee sort of put your best foot forward on those topics? Look, it's hard. You know, look, I've had 28 bosses in my career <laughs> and three were really good. <laughs> you know, my odds are not my odds are not good at being, being a, good. <laughs> being a leader, being a boss and a leader is tough stuff. And, uh, you know, I had most of them were okay, and a few of them were really not very good. <laughs> but uh, so I don't think you can count on, 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 on your boss to deliver on all these fronts. I think you have to count on yourself. I had a friend who, very successful gentleman, who uh, had a great line. He said there are 10 two-letter words that will bring your career life to life. And, and, and I thought, 10 two-letter words. And his 10 two-letter words were, if it is to be, it is up to me. <laughs> and uh, as a candidate, I think you have to have your act together. You have to be prepared. You have to look for an opportunity where people are ready to make a commitment to you. And you have to be able to voice that you're prepared to make a commitment to them. And I think you have to be able to talk about how you're pursuing your higher purpose in your life in ways that uh, will evidence that you're willing to sign up for stuff that, that matters to you. Uh, and uh, I think you sort of, as a candidate, you have to pretty much have your act together. To have your act together means you actually have to think about this stuff and not just react to what's coming at you. We're working on a, a, I'm working on my next book right now, but if you go to my current book, Touch Points, in that book, one of the things we challenge people to do is be in a solid position to declare themselves, who I am, what I stand for, how I want, how I do my best work. And uh, I think as a candidate, you've got to be prepared to declare yourself. You can learn more about that at the, at the Conan Leadership website as well. Yeah, no, that's great. So, okay, um, I'm trying to think. There's just, there's just so many questions that I have on this, town, on the, on this conversation. So let's – I want to talk about company culture. Um, I've got two more, two more big questions I want to talk about. First one would be company culture, and how do you either – so the idea of creating company culture sounds great, but sometimes there's already a culture established. So how do you step in as a leader and basically say, okay, I want to revamp this thing. I want to redo this thing. I want to rebuild this. Or uh, maybe you can't do that. But how would you as you know, somebody who's coaching a lot of different leaders at, at least begin to think through some of these different topics on that? Well, you know, I, as, a, as, a, as a 
if you're working with people, the way I think about having a, a high-performance culture is you have individual. Think of the old Venn diagrams we had in grade school. Uh, you have a circle that are are the values of each individual, and then you have a circle that are the values of the culture you're trying to create. And the first thing I would say is you damn well better have an area where the values of the culture you're trying to create overlap nicely with the values of the people you've brought into the enterprise. And uh, if you do, you've got a fighting chance to make it work. If you don't, you will fail. So uh, I think you have to really have your fingers on the pulse of the people that work with you and for you. You need to viscerally understand where they're coming from and what they hope to accomplish and what their values are. And then you find need to find a way to articulate the values of the culture that will deliver your purpose and your strategies. And then you have to find a way to communicate those that, that speak to people in language they can understand and sign up for. So think the Venn diagram. It, I, I've worked with a lot of people. That's very helpful to people. Um, the other thing, uh, and you need to have, as an employer, you need to have your act together on this in a very meaningful way. And by the way, just having the words on the wall are not good enough. It, are, it, as a leader, are you walking the talk? If you're not walking the talk, if you're not the living embodiment of the values you're professing, uh, your effort will fall flat in terms of culture building. You are the culture. The leaders of the enterprise are the culture. And it's not what you say, it's what you do, which is why character is so important sure. Because in, in terms of recruiting, because the people you want working there are people who are going to do what they say they're going to do, who are going to deliver on the values that you say are your values. So uh, I think you have to sort of pull a Gandhi here as a leader. You have to be the change you want to see in the culture, and you have to be it 24-7. And if you're not, you're, you're on a slippery slope to failure. So I think that this culture thing is a big deal because the culture is what people will attach to or not. That having been said, people will join a company, but they will leave a boss. And, uh, and, the, and they'll join the company because the culture is attractive. The promise of that culture is exciting to them. But they'll leave a boss who's not walking the talk and delivering on the promises of that culture. Hmm. So that's why it's so important as a boss to be, uh, to be walking the talk. Uh, I don't know if that answers your question, but it dances around it a bit. <laughs> I think it far exceeds, far exceeds the answer to that question. That's great. Um, the last question that I, I want to ask, and this is kind of brings back full circle for what we're trying to do is, what, what gets you out of bed? So you've, you've been developed as, you know, you've been a leader your whole career. You've led people, you've led organizations. Now you step in and you coach and you, you speak on leadership. So what gets you fired up every single day? And how do you encourage that for people who are so lost in their career, have no idea what they're doing in their career, or can't stand their career? How do you encourage them to have that love for their job like you do? 
and you want that answer in 25 words or less? <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm I'll start recording. I'll start recording for the book you're going to write on this too. So <laughs> I'm writing a book on this that'll be out next year. Uh, so this, this is a complex topic, but it's a simple idea. Uh, I think the simple idea is to thine own self be true. Uh, I think this whole leadership journey is an inside-out process. And most people that are pursuing their careers, in my opinion, are doing it by the seat of their pants. And they're sort of just feeling their way through it and trying to make other people happy. And, and they're selling themselves short. They can do better. And what I advocate is go from a seat of the pants approach to a much more intentional approach. Ref think about uh, what direction you want your career to go in, not just the, the functional aspect of it, but the, the way you want to lead. Reflect on your life leading up to this and what are the, uh, the emerging themes for your leadership profile that would bring you joy. Then study leaders around you and, and, and see what works for them and what might be applicable to you. On the heels of that, you then develop a, an approach to leadership that really speaks to you, allows you to show up in a highly authentic way, and then you find ways to connect that to the expectations of whatever company you're in. Hmm. But it, it's an inside-out process. You have to start with yourself first and figure out what really is speaking to you. And then you have to look for like-minded companies that, that offer the promise of uh, creating an environment where you can flourish and grow in a way that feels right for you. Hmm. Uh, you know, you know I, I think you want to plant yourself where you can bloom. And you need to decide what that looks like before you start go, going about job hunting. The odds of success go way up if you're well anchored. Look, we all have to take... Uh, take sideways sojourns in our careers. Uh, my career was not a meteoric rise. My first performance review, you know, your boss, your boss's boss has to sign the review when I started. Yeah. My boss's boss wrote one sentence and it said, you should be looking for another job. <laughs> uh, seven, eight years later, I was fired from a job. <laughs> and then I ended up taking another job and I started to climb the ladder only to move sideways again, uh, you know. But as I went through the process, I became increasingly well-anchored in the leader I wanted to be. And I found it that the more well-anchored I was, the more effective I was with others. So uh, I guess the big aha is to thine own self be true and think about what that looks like and think about it seriously. If you think about whatever business you're in, you're starting wedge, right? Uh, you have a business plan, right? You, th you assess the situation, you look at what the strengths and weaknesses of the market are, and you figure out how can I develop a proposition that's going to win, right? Uh, I think people need to approach their careers that way. They need to assess the situation. They need to look at who they are and who they want to be and how they can win on their career journey. Uh, and I don't see enough people earnestly doing that. And so I'm not surprised that people are struggling. Uh, there's no promise that that works for everyone. But I'm telling you, the odds go way up if you have your act together 
and you know what you want to stand for, what the brand, what Matt's brand is. Hmm. Uh, and uh, that's what I encourage leaders to do. I would also tell you that this is appropriate for first-time job seekers, middle managers, and the most senior leaders that I deal with, all the way up to CEOs. Um, we can all do better on this front. We yeah. need to be more intentional, more thoughtful, and we need to do all of that with an eye on being highly authentic and the people that we really want to be. All of a sudden, it gets fun. When you can be who you want to be, you actually don't have any trouble getting up in the morning. Yep. And, uh, and if you're having to be someone else, it can be awfully hard to get up in the morning. Sure. So that's the journey we're on. It's never perfect, but that's the direction you want to head in. Love it. Mr. Conant, I want to say thank you so much for your time. Do you have any closing thoughts or any, any, any last words you want to add or anything like that? I want to make sure we're touching on all the points we talked about. Uh, I would just say, and I, I, I've just been amazed at the potential of each individual I've encountered on my journey. Hmm. And I mean every single one of them. Uh, we all have extraordinary potential. It's, the challenge is, can we tap into that potential? Have we done enough work to really get our arms around what that potential could be? And there's a wonderful uh, sonnet from a poet named Pamela Vall Starr. And uh, that's what I would leave you with. Uh, and her, and, and this, these lines really have spoken to me for well over 25 years. And the lines are, reach high, for stars lie hidden in your soul. Dream deep, for a dream precedes every goal. I urge people to, to, to search for the stars in their soul that make them special, create a dream for themselves, and then intentionally work in that direction. To me, that's the key to success in terms of authenticity, in terms of impact, and in terms of pursuing a happy life. Hmm. On that note, I can't get any more profound than that, so... <laughs> I'm done. Mic drop. That's it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't can't thank you enough for the mentorship and the, and, the, and the friendship that we've built through this. So thank you so much. All right. Well, good luck to you and good luck to all the people you're reaching. You're doing important work. Keep it coming. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Take care. So long. Bye. If you made it this far to the episode, I want to say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. This show is to bring on people who we're rooting for and who are, in return are rooting for us. It's a network of people who are fired up to get out of bed in the morning and doing amazing things in their lives in a lot of different capacities. And we want to make that a contagious attitude. If I could be of help, if our team could be of help, reach out. If you know somebody who should be on this show, you know that diamond in the rough person who's just on the brink of doing something amazing and they just need a little push or a little PR, we're happy to have them on the show or even just have a conversation and see how we can help. Please reach out in any way that we can help, and if nothing else, I'd be happy to share my mistakes or my, my journey along the way. This is a pretty real-time thing that we're doing here in building Wedge and building this podcast, and we just want to share what we've learned along the way. My email is matt at competitivewedge.com. Reach out to me anytime. Thank you. Thank you.